Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a very good morning to you. Welcome back, Heels. Thanks, Paddy. That yeah, was nice the Ian's lunch. Oh, the Ian's lunch. Very, very good. <laughs> very good. The venue is excellent for mm-hmm. a start. I got there a touch early because I could. Mm. And uh, they weren't even serving when I got there. <laughs> and then uh, in they flooded. About, you know, 25 was the, the guest list of Ian's. Uh, well. 24 Ian's and Hutchie. Well, reveal who was We call there. him Big Ian now. Big Ian is Craig Hutch. Well, he's the boss. We call him whatever he wants yeah. us to call him. Uh, no, the two reveals, the two reveals for the Ian lunch. Two blokes who go out of their way not to call themselves Ian. Mm-hmm. So there was a there was a bit of a faction in the group that sort of said, <laughs> "Well, next year we're going to get a bloke that an inductee that wants to be called Ian." Yeah. And this year it was Walter Masur mm-hmm. and Bobby Hill. Bobby Hill, they both turned up. Bobby Hill had a family issue in the morning, so we were sort of let down, led to, be, led to believe he wasn't going to make it, mm-hmm. and that's fair enough, very understandable, everyone thought. that The detail wasn't revealed, but then Bobby was revealed. Mm-hmm. He, he made it. He made it for the last half of the of the luncheon, so it was great. Wally, Wally Masur, like, like, told a story, that, you know, and his, his family and the migration to Australia and his father, he says, your name is Volta. And but his mum's Scottish, she said he's Ian, and they just brushed Ian. <laughs> and it wasn't until he was fourteen when he had to go and get a passport, an Australian passport, because mm-hmm. he was travelling the world, about to travel with the Australian Federation, Tennis Federation, yeah. on some development tours. The, fourteen when he found out his real name was Ian. <laughs> it's, it's an incredible story uh, on what on what his family uh, went through, and then Bobby Hill. His grandfather and father are Ian's, and his name's Bobby because he loved watching Bob the Builder. That's it. <laughs> and his dad was a footballer. They're both uh, good. Uh, I think uh, dad's still a footballer, mm. still plays football in Northern in Western Australia where he's from. Okay. And he pesters Bobby for, can you get me some boots? Probably from Nike, you know. The, the, and he says, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And he gets him a pair of boots, gets Nike to send them over there, and he says, no, 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 I want the bright ones. He, he's not happy with the, <laughs> the ones he gets. <laughs> so did you give it to him about the grand final? Yeah, I was, yeah, they were all, all over him and I was saying, mate, you were that lucky, you, <laughs> you Collingwood types. And, uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a fantastic story from GWS to Collingwood and he really, really loves and spoke about uh, the, the camaraderie in that dressing room 
at, at Collingwood and what yeah. they do for the families, you know. It, it became quite obvious to all us older blokes that how much more you now have to do to be a successful team. Yeah. Consideration of families is oh, very, very high on the agenda. And that's a backbone of Craig McRae, isn't it? I mean, he, he drives that. Yes. Always he, has done. And and so he he's a three-time premiership player that contributed to those premierships, not a three-time premiership superstar. Yeah. You, you know, and that's where he comes from. He knows what goes into making really happy, okay. successful, talented teams. Well, it was a day of coincidences. Obviously, when we had a chat to uh, your old mate Damien Fleming on the yes. show yesterday, he was going to play golf with Ian Redpath. Redders, yeah. <laughs> and then I arrived at the, the Mud Crab Lunch uh, as a guest of Alan McGurvin, who's one of the legends of uh, radio. Um, and we, we didn't know who the guest was until uh, I looked around and there was Ian Botham. There's Beefy. So, so oh. it was a day of Ian. Shouldn't be at a mud crab lunch, Beefy. He's at a steak lunch. No, well, he, he sat down and enjoyed uh, enjoyed the afternoon. He spends a fair bit of time now. He's like a trade envoy. Yeah, so he's out here on business, that, that sort of government business. Yeah. As well as mm. a promotional tour of mud crab lunches and dinners. Yeah, pretty proud. He was he was saying that soon it'll be possible for the youngsters, um, 18s to 35s Australians, to travel without visas between the two countries. Right, you know, eh? without you know sort of unlimited travel between the two countries. So he's and really living livability. Yeah, yeah that's exactly working, right. Mm. Unlike America, the green card. Mm. Okay. Hey, welcome to the show. We'd uh, with Hills and I just having a little chat here to start off today. Uh, Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line. We'd love you to join us. It's thirteen thirteen fifty five. Our text line is oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. They've literally just pulled the trigger at the Australian PGA. So on that Home Resilience, uh, the Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line, we'll be chatting to Jimmy Tucker as the morning goes on because he's right going on. to walk with this uh, the lead group, the marquee group this morning, Scott Smith and Ryan Fox. So that is a beauty. At 6.10? No, now. 6 o'clock they go. Oh. Uh, so right. they're off there. The, uh, they'll be, it, what it means, Hills, is they'll be the TV group tomorrow. So it's the way that we used to do it as well. So Norman, when he was playing in Australia, he'd be early on a Thursday and late. So they call mm. it early, late, late, early. And, um, and is it always this early? No, this is for daylight saving. Quite nice. So but 7 o'clock would be yeah, quite so, normal. I mean, Cam Smith, et cetera, would have had to have been up at 4. To you know, squeeze in a little breakfast, then their practice routine, get to the course, and uh, be ready to go at six o'clock. So, early start uh, for our guns out there, and uh, not too late to get out there. I mean, obviously they're going to be on the course for four and a half hours or so. Uh, So they'll be going through just after ten o'clock our time. So if you want to get out and watch the greats, or tomorrow on Friday, um, you'll be able to get out there. You know, around lunchtime and you'll see uh, the, the, the. This is a hot field. It's a great field. Anyway, Jimmy Tucker is out following. Who's a great friend of the show, and he said, look, give us a call a couple of times during the morning. I'll give you updates. Obviously, I'll be able to feed you updates from the leaderboard as well. Um, We're here for Burbank Homes, the builder you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes. And the all-new Hyundai Kona, imagined to be bold. Now, you've been um, using your contacts again. I think you've found the Bronco Skip, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Renault's going to come on. Like When when we saw the celebrity list of um, in the Pro-Am and and, uh, who was playing, it's it's a – an extensive list. I saw Adam Reynolds was in there, mm-hmm. and he's playing with Reese Walsh and DCE. But then we rang DCE, and he said, "That's news to me." He didn't even know he was supposed to be playing yesterday. <laughs> so, so he was out. I wonder if Reese Walsh played with Renault. They were playing with Bobby McIntyre, Scottish pro, the Scottish left-hander. So we'll see how he went. He was a star at the uh, Ryder Cup, McIntyre. Yeah. Um, he's the only second European Ryder Cup player left-hander. 
Okay. The, the first one didn't ring a bell who it was. I haven't you done your research? <laughs> I saw Kurt Capewell as well there. It was, a, it was a who's who. There was a lot of celebs. Nat Cook. Nat Cook. Yeah, she played in the third group, didn't yeah, she? She is a very good golfer. Yeah. And gives it a rip too. Yep. Very good golfer. Um, hey, we've got a big show today. We've got uh, Mark Scaife, Supercars Ledge, is going to join us. Uh, we're heading to the season finale at the Adelaide 500. I see one of the supercars, the NASCAR heavies, is coming out to keep an eye on this round mm. and in particular keep an eye on Kostecki. Uh, and just, uh, you know, what he can bring, I think it'll be sponsors and stuff like that. So um, Scafie will know all about that. Uh, but, yeah, basically we know it's a race in two, and obviously it's heavily weighted as far to Brody Kostecki uh, to ending the, the two-year reign at the top of Shane Van Gisbergen. And, of course, Hills, it's the end of an era because Van Gisbergen leaves to go to NASCARs after after this race. Right. So, so he's going to be full-time. he come back for Bathurst, I think, won't he? Yeah, he'll, he'll get... And yeah. be that well, sort of it, secondary it, driver yeah, If he can thing. fit it into the schedule. I yeah, mean, okay. his primary aim now is to make it in NASCAR. So we'll talk to Scafie about all that. And so this is a genuine street circuit in Adelaide? Yes. Yeah, and that's what the NASCAR are interested in? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they, they, they love the, the Aussie slash New Zealanders driving the streetcar circuits. Yes. They do really, really well over there. But they're saying, you know, maybe four... Races for him next year if they can f- squeeze it into Who, the Kostecki. schedule. Yeah. Okay. And, and try to do both. Well, four, yeah, yeah. Well, you can. There's breaks in the supercars um, calendar. Yeah, because the, the last race, was that Gold Coast? Yeah. That was, was ages ago. A few weeks ago, oh. yeah. What yeah. was before Gold Coast? Bathurst. Bathurst. Mm. Only three races in about yeah. six weeks. But they said they'll, they'll maybe have a look at him on the oval circuits. We'll see. Hey, lots more as well. Uh, Lions AFLW superstar all owed to wire is going to join us. Uh, she'll stop by as the team prepare for Geelong this weekend for a spot in the AFLW grand final. So another wonderful season for the Lions. Mm. They just keep doing it. The more they ravage our playing stocks, the better we seem to become. Uh, Minya Dupria is going to join us. She's had a great season. Playing for the well. Yeah. Playing well. Not dragging us over the line. Mm. Lately, though. Uh, and so, hopefully uh, we'll see uh, Harris double this weekend. We get Laura back mm. by the looks of it. She's had this calf injury virtually all season, hasn't she? We haven't seen her for a while. Can't be a calf injury. No. It's got to be a nerve injury. Well, you are the chairman of the club. I mean, do you not get updates on this, on your no. players? No. <laughs> That's what I'm saying about Hamish McLennan. Know your, know your railway. Know your, your, your what line. do you call it, your confines. Yeah. And, you know, they don't have to tell the chairman anything. Okay. If the chairman asks, I've got to ask the CEO mm-hmm. to get a report for us. Mm. And I haven't because I trust that our, our staff will be onto it. But a calf injury does not last that long. Okay. Right. Well, we'll check. Uh, Nikita Zhu last night uh, is the new Australian super welterweight champ. This was the Ooh, big fight in uh, they Newcastle. They belted each other, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. It only went into the fifth round, but they gave each other some punishment. He was knocked down, Zhu, in the first round by the Bow Desert Storm, Dylan Biggs. Zhu, uh, the little brother of Tim and son of Kostya, charged back, battered Biggs in the fourth and stopped him in the fifth. So Nikita Zhu, um, basically he knew that this was a real danger fight. It was just a hurdle. It was just a massive roadblock in my, in my brain. This whole time, the, as soon as I started boxing, he was essentially just like standing there as like a, as like a wall that I had to kind of climb over and I was always looking at it. So it feels good being able to jump over that and start the next chapter of my boxing career. So? He's got some time on the hands of the zoos, haven't they? <laughs> to think constantly about that wall. He got knocked out in sparring, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably four years ago. So he's only 17. Yeah. They talk about Biggs. Biggs is more experienced. Mm. They talk 
about him as if he's much older than he is. He's only 21. Mm. They are two ripper fighters that Australia should be parading around the world. Yeah, oh, they will. There's no doubt about that. Well, what they want to do, speaking around the world, they want to now go as uh, the, the brothers double act <laughs> and they want to get to Vegas at the same time that the NRL is going to strut its stuff. Come in, Tim. You've yelled it out, Vegas baby. Do you want to go together? You know who I'm chasing, so let's let's get Nikita chasing one of those guys as well. And we'll bring all of Australia to Vegas. March 2nd, you know what's up. Give him Tony Harrison. <laughs> Why not? Uh, well, what was funny about that? Don't know. Well, Harrison's a very good fighter. Yeah, so but step up. Tim doesn't normally worry about that, does he? <laughs> no. It's quite interesting. He wants Jamel Charlo, obviously, but there you go. I mean, they're, they're trying to get it. The matchmakers are trying to do it for this early March time slot when uh, the four NRL clubs, uh, the Bronx and South, Roosters and Manly, get over there to play. In, and they're already saying there's going to be 15,000 Aussies there for the match. Um, yeah, look, if they can do a big doubleheader fight night, it's going to be huge yeah. in Vegas. Huge. Hey, it's just gone seven, 6.15. 6.15. No, we'd love you to join us this morning. The Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line is open, 13, 13.55. Lots to talk about. Uh, text line is 0467-736-736. As I said, we're going to keep an eye on all the way through the morning at the Australian PGA. They've literally just pulled the trigger out there with uh, Scott and Smith in the opening group. Uh, early, early start for the boys. Elvis Smiling's leading. Is he? Yeah. Good on him. I had a yeah. chat to him the other night. Only at played PGA one. Dinner. Yeah. Only played one and he's tied for the lead. Good on him. <laughs> one under. He's a wonderful young man. He's going to, he's going to, he's missed the, the big card in the, uh, in the Europe but he's going to try and play. He's traded some events over there and just keep going. But uh, he's a very good talent. Uh, and, and all these kids are great. I mean, if you get if you get in Brizzy or you know, either coast, uh, you're accessible. Get down to Royal Queensland over the next four days and support them because they are the very best of the best. Remember those years? You'll, you'll remember this. A, a young Jack Newton Jr. that did well on the world stage in juniors, Nick Flanagan. Remember That's that? That's right, yeah. How big was he? And there, there he is again. He's teeing off at 6.20. Yeah. He, he's still hanging around. He he came off the highs of those couple of years and just now having to battle away. Yeah, there's plenty of good ones out there. You'll love it. It's 6.17 and Vanessa is in the studio with us. So we've got Orla O'Dwyer on yes. the show, the Irish lady. Isn't she wonderful? She's the best. Mm-hmm. Yes, we love her. Yes. And uh, she'll be oozing confidence. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, uh, the Lions have been here many times before. Mm-hmm. And finished empty-handed. Well, so no, we've got one premiership. Well, one. We've got unfinished business. We've got that much unfinished yeah, business. That's it's not right. funny. Interesting that the Cats are a team the Lions mm. have barely played. Mm. You know, the last game, was it 2021 they last played the Cats? Yeah. So, you know, it's not like Adelaide or um, Melbourne where yes. we've got long histories mm. and rivalries. Um, cats are a bit of an unknown mm. prospect, really. Sydney so. have emerged from nowhere too, haven't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. Even though they're finished for this year, but... Geelong's well, another one of them. Yes, and for Sydney to go from no wins last season to making the semis, incredible. They'll be one to watch. But, no, Lions very experienced in this arena, so can't wait to get down to Springfield on Saturday. I know. Well, uh, what's mm. happening news for us? Okay, look, you might have just seen a few alerts come through this morning. A developing story about a vehicle explosion over in the US on the Rainbow Bridge border crossing between the United States and Canada, just near Niagara Falls there. Sources saying they are 
there are fears it's an attempted terrorist attack. Two people inside that car have died. One border patrol official also injured. All four international border crossings in Western New York have now been closed as the FBI continue to investigate. So uh, that is a story just emerging uh, over the last uh, hour, really. Um, Now, something a lot lighter. Look, leading fashion designers are saying that dress codes in the office should be relaxed in Brisbane as we head into the summer months. Now, the latest livability rankings actually marked Brisbane down for our humid climate and our hot conditions. And so some are saying a new trend will be dressing for summer. They're saying men should be allowed to wear shorts with their suits. So still kind of dressing up, but that shorts should be an option. Lighter fabrics like linen, but blended with wool or silk give a classy look while um, still having a, a cooler and more casual aesthetic. You can add a pocket hanky, leather shoes, a, a linen jacket, shorts with your suit, yes or no? Oh, look, I'll defer to my reigning <laughs> discussion. Just give your opinion, mate. No, 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 no. no. I've already made my uh, thoughts on this very clear. <laughs> I would say no as well. Okay. But, but well, you'll be sweating. Uh, unless you turn the air conditioning off yeah. in the office. Yeah. Right? So you, you wear your shorts, you Queenslanders. You know, I'd, I think ties have gone out. Haven't they? Yeah, they have Before a lot. Before we know yes. it, like yesterday, Patty, what did you wear to the mud crab lunch? And if you were emceeing a, a formal lunch in the day, or go attending, you definitely wear a tie. Hey? But now, yeah. not so much. It's a not suit a jacket. Special. It's a suit mm-hmm. and an open shirt. Well. So that Queensland have done that. Yeah, uh, we haven't quite gone back to the safari suit, but no. we're going hard. <laughs> we're going hard. Space. Yeah, that's you right. We're halfway there. See some shorts. shorts around. Yeah. And yeah. look, you might not know, we have a celebration to make today. Oh. It is the centenary of. Australian Radio. On November 23rd, 1923 was the first ever licensed radio broadcast in Australia. It was a station in Sydney. They broadcast a classical song as the very first broadcast. That recording hasn't survived, but many from the early days did, and they're part of a new exhibition at the National Film and Sound Archive. That includes comedy sketches from way back in 1926, a live call of the 1932 Melbourne Cup ah. and uh, a 1930s broadcast of a boxing match also. So um, happy birthday to radio in Australia. Yeah. Good stuff. I heard that mm. on uh, Brandy and you might have said it on the news or oh, something. no, I didn't actually. Brandy and Bossy <laughs> picked it up on it. Yeah. Good there stuff. you go. All right, thank you, Vanessa. At 6.21, we'd love you to join us. The Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line 13 13 55. The text line is 0467 736 736. We've got one of our favourite Lions players on the line now, Orla O'Dwyer, uh, ready for a big prelim final this weekend. Orla, a very good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Ola. Thanks for having a chat. Has, you know that your left foot snap, the goal from the, you know, the left sideline against, I think it was the Crows yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Has that been made officially the goal of the final series yet? <laughs> um, I haven't heard anything yet, but um, yeah, I'm not too sure. But yeah, just the fluke the way it went in. Ah, oh, come yeah. on. Definitely a good one. <laughs> I, I liked how someone described it as if you had a Gaelic ball in your hands. Like that's how easy you you found your foot and straight through the straight through the goals. So it was it was unreal. Well done. Um, and, oh, thank you very much. And again, this game against Geelong suits the family in Ireland to be able to watch it at a much better time for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, six forty-five. So I think it's around 
um, just before 9 a.m. back home. So they had a few rough ones during the season with <laughs> 2, 3 a.m. wake up. So this one will be pretty good. So hopefully good crowd back home watching. Hey, we talk about this every time we get someone from the Lions on, but it just seems it's an annual event to ravage the Lions AFLW player stocks. And it's an annual event that we just keep, the Lions just keep bouncing back and making finals and making statements. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's um, credit to, I suppose, the girls and how far we've come. We had obviously a few personnel changes at the start of the year, but some players have really stepped up and I think we're really coming good and um, coming together at a great time of the year, coming into a prelim. So, yeah, really excited for it. Everyone's up and about. Um, I think as well, having the week off last, week really helps so um exciting as well for the comps Geelong first time being in the finals so mm. yeah we're looking forward to Saturday night at Springfield yeah I mean just to back that up I mean you get past Geelong on Saturday and let's not count our chickens but uh you can reach a fifth a record fifth grand final which is phenomenal isn't it in a in a, in a, a competition that's still growing it's still burgeoning isn't it yeah, definitely. Um, like I was, I was lucky to be part of the team that won in the twenty twenty one grand final, and how amazing that was! It was only my second season playing AFLW, so a lot of girls have had that early success and know what it's like to play in finals with that added pressure and and what it takes from the team. And obviously, we've been part of losing grand finals as well, like last year, and that can obviously be one of the worst days ever. So we kind of had both ends of the stick. So I think for us, we're just really focusing in on what we have to do this weekend, not taking any team for granted anymore with the way the comp is going. So, yeah, really looking forward to this weekend and then hopefully on to um, a grand final the following week. Yeah, it's it's difficult for us. It's probably even difficult for you girls to, to get form lines on a few of these teams. They, they emerge quickly, don't they? And they respond to pressure. Or Sydney go from no wins to going really well this year but didn't quite make it any further. Geelong's another one of those, whereas you guys have been a constant. You know, you must be very aware of what Geelong are going to bring. Yeah, definitely. And credit to Geelong for um, getting to finals. Obviously, they must um, be bringing something great. And even with their pressure, and they have a great midfield and a few Irish players that are really standing out for them as well. So we've only actually played, played them twice in um, our whole, I suppose, um, AFLW series. So we're not knowing too much about them compared to an Adelaide or a Melbourne. So mm. it does bring that bit of excitement as well and, and getting used to that as well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, what it's like on Saturday. But no doubt they'll come in drifts and drabs and, and, try and try and get the win too. Yeah, there is an interesting stat here that they're minus 45 in the fourth quarters over the final series. So uh, what does that t- say to you as a player? That the, Are they just a little bit vulnerable towards the end of matches? I mean, they were, they were coming to a stop against Melbourne the other day. Yeah, we were actually on our seats watching. We said it was so hard to watch and, and see Melbourne, how they were coming back. It was, yeah, and I, I think as well, from looking back at their trends, it seems to be in that final quarter there pressure and um, just in general they drop, drop off a bit so that's something we're hoping to expose and I think it comes from just bringing our pressure and our intensity for four quarters and trying to overplay them in every quarter and not just wait until the end of the game because you don't know what way it's going to go so um, I definitely think we're a strong finishing team as well so hopefully um, we have the upper hand there Oh that'll be good, that'll be good Now you're, <laughs> you're, you're here again 
Who's impressing you? What what sort of great form have you got within your team that you can let us know about? Um, I think in, in general, everyone's really stepped up, but um, obviously the likes of our midfield group, Ali Anderson, Bell Dog, Cathy Sparks, they'll have a huge role to play at the weekend and they're really humming along together. And um, the same with um, on the wing of the outside run with the likes of Jade Ellinger and Sophie too. So um, there's a good inside group there, but then again, at either end, we have such a good balance with our captain back there, Bree Conan, Nat Grider, running off our back, and, and Jen Dunn, who's been kind of a new addition to our team this year. And the same up front as well, I think. Um, Dakota is obviously having a great season, but the likes of them small forwards, the likes of Ruby Spark and Lily Pock are really bringing that run as well. So I think in general, we've a really even spread team and everyone knows what their role is and, and what they have to do. And I think we're, we've become very adaptable. So we've had to chuck maybe people in on ball or rotate people different positions, um, which we probably haven't done the past couple of years and just adapt to how teams will try mm. to contract us. So I think that's the big thing we've started doing this year that has definitely worked in our benefit. Good yeah. stuff. Hey, uh, just quickly, you're going home for Christmas? Yeah, yeah, going back uh, December, so looking forward to that. Yep. And what do you do? You do the 12 pubs of Christmas, don't they? Don't <laughs> you at your place? <laughs> yeah, we have that lined up for the 23rd, so... Yeah, we'll go to our local town and we'll, I think at the moment there's about 10 or ten pubs there, so we might do two twice and get the 12 done. So. Boom. Yeah, it's a big, big thing back home. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Well, get right. your long done first and then the final. Let's hope you can take a premiership yeah. medal home for them all. And thank you. Thanks, Ola. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ola. <laughs> All right, Dwyer there. Yes, uh, Benny Davis was said, just ask her about the 12 pubs. Of she lives in a tiny little town. Uh, and um, she, initially there were 13 pubs. And they said, how come you only do 12? She said, well, one you just don't go to. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Keep it at 48 pubs. Now on breakfast that. with Pat and Heels, Heels gets his gloves off. Oh. Well, I, I just haven't uh, got over the Cricket World Cup yet. And mm-hmm. I've come up with a list of 10 Incredibles. You know that, uh, and and they're like dismissals. You know, so you give things out, and and just to you know brush over, not brush over, not forget what happened at that World Cup. There's so many incredible things that happened. So the ten dismissals, um, I'll go through, and then and see if you know any others, and our listeners might be able to contribute some others. The first is a timed out. That's the first out. Angelo Matthews timed out against Bangladesh. Can you believe it? Never heard, never seen it before. Second, fell out. The golf cart. Maybe it's a new way to increase performances of teams. (laughs) All get in golf carts and fall out of them. Um, The third, thrown out. Sri Lanka became suspended through some meddling, government meddling in their cricket programs. For some reason, they're now suspended from the ICC and they've already lost the Under-19 World Cup. They're not hosting that. Um, the, the suspension's not going to be terrible for them, but they've got to pick their act up. Four, stayed out. South Africa. They stayed out of the finals again. Uh, they were against a good opposition, the Australians in the semi final, but they had their chances and they didn't take them once again. Locked out is the fifth wicket to fall. Um, but they, but he dug himself back in time and time again. Who do you think, Patty? Manus. Manus. And then played out. 19 straight. Yes, and he's in. Six wicket came out. The Afghanistan announced themselves without totally disrupting the whole cricket order, but they had a tournament to be very proud of. Limped out, who do you reckon? 
Um, Stoinis? Oh, no, England. Oh. <laughs> they, they just limped in and out. It was a boring campaign by them, lacking their usual one-day versatility and flair, so they were, weren't sort of participating fully. Kept out is the eighth wicket. Kept out the West Indies. You know, with a surprise mm-hmm. loss to Scotland in Zimbabwe in the qualifiers, um, they... I just think the focus will turn now to their appetite to return to that tournament. So uh, let's see how long they are kept out. Ninth wicket is shut out. The ICC head curator, Andy Atkinson, it seems wasn't able to have fresh wickets for the three finals. With such a a long lead-up tournament, the three finals should have been on fresh wickets, and he knows that. But for some reason, they didn't get it. So, you know, when it's tough batting first... And then tough bowling second, it's not a fair wicket. They're not fair conditions. Um, And that was tough. And luckily, Australia got on the right side and did the right thing in that toss in the final. The last wicket to fall was stormed out. The Australians, they stormed out of the country that they love, India, with the World Cup. Wow. There's so many big, big things and stories that happened in that World Cup. You might even be able to add to those. 13, 13, 55. Good morning to Supercars Legend. Mark Scaife. Morning, Scaifey. Morning, guys. I've got a, a million different topics I can talk <laughs> to as we reach the end uh, of, the, of the season, a long season, no doubt. You're looking forward towards the end of it as well, but it is the end of an era, really, isn't it? Uh, it's the end of the Van Gisborne area, area, era. Yes, it is, Paddy, and, um, you know, he's obviously been a, an incredible driver in our series for a long time. He joined as a young bloke from New Zealand in 2007, and uh, has held on to, you know, what has been great form, especially in recent times when he, he moved across from Ford into what was the the uh, Techno team. And then he went to Triple Eight. And as a consequence of being with Triple Eight, you know, the sort of success at Bathurst and with the championship has, has, has been unheralded. And the number of wins per season and the records that he's achieved has, has been absolutely superb. So... We've certainly celebrated his prowess in the car and we know that he has another chapter now with his NASCAR foray and, uh, you know, for him to go and win that race in the States this year as a one-off was, was incredible. So he's got a, a, a stellar career already, but uh, wishing him all the best uh, in the next phase. I reckon he'd be pretty focused this weekend too, wouldn't he? Did that Chicago street circuit compare at all to Adelaide? And he's got a real race that he wants to sort of finish strong with, I bet. Yeah, look, that's a really good point, Heels. I mean, street circuits do change in terms of character. Um, One of the great things in terms of the way Shane and the guys orchestrated the Chicago race was that no one had been there before. Okay. So and he went there on a completely level playing field, although he obviously wasn't as familiar with the cars. No one had been to that track before. It was a brand new facility. So for him to go there and then compare, you know, his street racing credentials at a place that no one had been to certainly assisted the result. The yes. next part is that you've got to be able to go and drive the cars properly and, you know, do a really good job, which, which he did. He, he showed um, in those wet and dry conditions, which is another it's another part of, you know, his repertoire in terms of being, you know, an outstanding motor racing driver. He likes it when it's when it's sort of semi greasy and he, and you're battling for grip. So new circuit, wet and dry conditions. You know, was in a pretty good team with guys that are actually quite good street racers as his teammates, um, and he did a did a marvelous job. So that, that's the first part of the story. The second part is 
does that correlate with Adelaide? Not really, because every street's a bit different. He's always been very good here anyway in, in Adelaide. He's, he's, he's had such success around this circuit, and he's got it all to play for. He's 131 points yeah. away from Brody Kostecki. He's second in the championship, and he's got it all to play for. So realistically, with this 131-point buffer, uh, it's going to be hard, is it? Uh, even with his talent and, and his determination, etc., and his mongrel on the track, because uh, it's Kostecki's to lose, really, Scafie, isn't it? That's probably a better way of explaining it, Paddy. I reckon, you know, you, you've got 131 points. So just put the metrics together. It's 150 points per day. So to win each of the races on the weekend, 150 points. So it's 300 points available um, from, from here on in to finish the championship. The 131-point the buffer, if, for instance, on Saturday that he's able to get 19 points on Ben Gisbergen, then he provisionally wins the championship, yeah. right? So he goes into Sunday with, more, well, 150 or more points, you've you effectively won the championship. So, again, it's a, a little bit of how you approach it. Your, your point about it's Brody's to lose, that's 100% correct. Um, but, but remember that this circuit, it has so many unforgiving areas. You could crash in qualifying on Friday afternoon and you could be out for the weekend. Mm. So the, the risk versus reward at a circuit like this, and especially that famous turn eight, um, if you if you crash a car over the weekend here and you put yourself out, you lose the championship. So oh the, the, it'll be intense. It'll be, there'll be consequences. It'll be unforgiving. It, I can't wait. It'll be a, it'll be a ripper. <laughs> you blokes love it. But <laughs> you know, compare the concrete canyons of the Gold Coast to what you're talking about in t- turn eight in Adelaide. Yeah, look, turn eight is probably the most famous corner in the country. I mean, you, you would argue that the the chase at Bathurst is a 300k corner. Um, but what's happened in through modern modern car racing, they originally put the chase in. <laughs> I know this sounds a bit mad, guys, but they put the chase in to make it safer, right? Because it, it was originally a straight piece of road. They put the chase in and they, and they made this corner that we all tried to get around there flat in six gear at 300k. Well, we've had some giant shunts there, right? So so for for the for the ploy to be to make that safer didn't really quite work. But if you then go and have a look at a corner like turn eight, you arrive at about 245 kilometres an hour before the corner. Yes, the, the, the key to turn eight is not is not slowing the car too much to flow it through the corner really nicely. So you knock about 20 k's off, like a little bit of a left foot brake, and then you slide the car through against the fences and you come out the other side and you get back to 245k again for the next braking area. <laughs> so as a, as a corner... It's one of those ones you just got to talk to yourself, talk to yourself, talk to yourself to coax it through there as fast as you can. But if you mess it up, and we all have, I've been in the fence there a couple of times, so wind cups, so everybody that's ever gone any good here, if you haven't crashed at turn eight, you haven't been trying hard enough, right? Oh, no. so, oh. so, so it's a ripper corner. Oh, I yeah. just love that. You just, just slide it gently through at 245 k's. <laughs> Magnificent, <laughs> and and it, some someday I might I might just trim off eighteen k's now, not twenty. Yeah. Hey, a, a couple of things. Yeah. Um, DJR, um, it's their first supercars team to five hundred rounds. That's a, a lot of history, and they're Queensland based, as we know. And Dickie, just an absolute legend up here, but hasn't been the season for Anton and for Will Davison that they would have loved. Well, I think the first part is you've just got to celebrate the history. I mean, to have 500 rounds of this championship to everybody involved in Dick Johnson Racing and all of the people that have been part of that journey, 
of just a genuine congratulations and just superb effort and, mm. and tenacity to get through, you know, the trials and tribulations of, of all of the things that we know with, with Dick's career, with the Rocket Bathurst and the crash and the top 10 shootout in 1983 and then the Ford Sierras and the Falcon era and the way this is all rolled out into Penske and now the Mustangs and with the new ownership group there. Everybody, Dr. Ryan's story, obviously, everybody involved, just fantastic. Mm. Second part is, yes, this year hasn't been as good as they would like. But they are, and I call them, people don't like it, but I call them the Ford factory team, right? Because to me, they are. They're the, they're the number one. They're the pinnacle Ford team. And to be honest, this year probably hasn't worked out as well as any of us would like in reality. But mm. meaning, meaning the, 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 the number of Mustang wins. But some of that's about sporting parity, not necessarily technical stuff. And for this year, their their team at some places have been really fast in the races, but they haven't qualified well enough and they haven't been at the pointy end enough. And I'm sure that's one of the objectives for them in the off-season is to get back to the pointy end again. Mm. Yeah. Hey, um, Mark, Adelaide seems to have a good understanding of motor racing. Would that be right? Yeah, that's, you know, it's funny. I, I was actually talking this morning to a, a couple of other journos and saying, this place, because of the Formula One Grand Prix from 85 yes. and because of the takeover of this race, we took it over in 99, the, the place has a very high level of understanding of car racing. There's a high level of enthusiasts, and I think that comes a lot from production being here. So the, the Holden facility yeah. used to be at Elizabeth, just outside of town. Um, it's the right size town or city for our race. You know, Formula One outgrew it. Um, it's the right size for, for us. And I tell you what, the Premier, Peter Malinaskis, has done a, a superb job. He hasn't just reintroduced this race. He's completely reinvigorated it. Yeah. I mean, if you walk in and around the facility and you see what they've done and, and made it into an absolutely world-class street race again, because remember, previous government knocked it on the head yeah. and, the, and, and it was part of his mandate and his electoral um, commitments getting into power was that he would bring the street race back. Right he, he hasn't just brought it back. He, he's just, he's fired it up. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't know what he's like politically. It's none of my business, I suppose. I, I don't live there, but I was I, I met him during live, and he, he loves his sport, and that that's just after the AFL had their gather round. Adelaide was just alive. They, they embrace, mate, don't they? I... I I couldn't agree more. I mean, they just love it. I mean, you think about, and I think for us, making it the last round's better also. I, I mean, I, I met with Malinaskis a, a few times when we were getting this thing back on, on track again. And and it, it did in, intrude into the Fringe Festival they have early in the year. So the two things sort of ran together and it was a it was an awkward combination in terms of accommodation and all the things that happen when you have two big events at the same time. Mm. But to your point, you know, with the live tournament, the gather round, Everything that you can that you can commit to in terms of proper sport for this country, uh, the premier's into and he's he's into with a hundred percent commitment. Yeah. Well, mate, Scaifey Heald said right at the start of the week that Cricket Australia would be far better served by getting Travis Head home 
and parading him around on the Saturday or the Sunday uh, rather than playing five meaningless T20 games in, in India over the next week and a half. Uh, and the, 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 I don't know. The, and I agree with him. I agree with him. Get Travis Head home in front of his home crowd. Alex Carey too. Get them both in a car and around you go and put them in a suite and oh, have good times. Totally. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, that, I, I'm with you, Heels. That's, that's the sort of stuff because it's, it's mad that the same demographic so the people that are hardcore rugby league, people hardcore AFL, people that are hardcore cricket, people that are hardcore car racing, specifically supercar fans, they just love that stuff. It, it, yeah. Most of those people correlate, right? And, 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 and we all follow, you know, prop, proper sport, and that would be something that I, I would endorse at 100, 100 miles an hour. Mm. Good stuff. Hey, listen, we, we've done enough on the parody all year, but I'm, we know that these cars are headed to wind tunnel testing and things like that in the off-season. Uh, just quickly, what's your, give us 25 words or less on what do you think is going to all look like next year. Oh, this will be a complete reset with it. This is, this is the, the best practice in the world in terms of aero testing, um, the business is committed to millions of dollars of additional testing with new dynos and wind tunnel testing. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the start of 2024 because we've already just seen a couple of Mustang wins at the Gold Coast and mm. that's their good sign. Yeah, all right. Scafie, always an absolute joy to talk to you. Have a great weekend of commentating, mate. I know it'll be just riveting as Kostecki uh, looks to make his own stamp on this series. Big, big weekend. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I tell you who was part of it. Uh, a very, I would imagine he would have been very excited. The Brisbane Broncos skipper Adam Reynolds is joining us now, and I have heard from very, very good sources here that he is very hard to beat on the golf course yeah. with his handicap. <laughs> uh, Adam Reynolds, a very good morning to you. Good morning, fellas. How are you going? Good. Well, so, thanks, Reno. Where, where do they have you? Where do you blokes play a lot of your golf? You know, you're you're out the northern suburbs, aren't you? Yeah, I play a little bit at uh, Brookwater. Uh, oh. One team is my, my local course okay. and uh, Capera around the corner. So we like to play a bit all over the place, though. Corey Oates is probably the main playing partner and he's at Intripoli. So I uh, like to mix the courses up and, and get around. So how did you go, mate? Is it, uh, is, was it a little daunting? Um, the first couple of holes it was. We had cameras and uh, a few people following us around, which is never easy when you've got eyes on you in golf. Um, everything <laughs> goes quiet and... I don't like quiet, so uh, it was a bit daunting and uh, at first, but obviously uh, once you get into it, it's, it's pretty fun. And did you end up playing with Fatty and Reese Walsh and Rob McIntyre? Uh, Walsh, he was a late withdrawal, so they uh, they transferred Corey Oates over into my group. Right, eh? uh, Fatty was there, and uh, Robbie McIntyre, the big lefty Scottish fella, so he was uh, he was on fire. Uh, oh, good to see him in action. Corey would have been hard to hard to shut up, and he he's a lefty as well. <laughs> yeah, he's a lefty, so he had a bit of comfort yesterday. Uh, he was in fine form yesterday. He was hitting the ball a mile. Uh, his short game wasn't too good, but um, no, there was plenty of banner getting around. Uh, he was a good fellow, that Robbie. Robbie McIntyre, he had plenty of banner, and um, yeah, he was a good, good fellow. Good yeah, well, uh, I can keep you up to date. The Scotsman is even par through eight, uh, so he's inside the top 20 at the moment. They're not exactly – they're not – Tearing it apart. I mean, the guys at the dinner the other night said they were thinking maybe 20 under could win this week. But uh, right at the moment, two unders leading, and that's uh, Smiley, Elvis, uh, Adam Scott, Minwoo Lee, Brett Coletta, Jordan Zernick. So uh, it's quite. Hey, how have you enjoyed the off-season, mate? I know I, I spoke to Kevy at a function recently. He said he hasn't even bothered to have a look at the tape of the grand final. I mean, uh, you just try and get it out of the head completely and draw a line and we start again. 
Yeah, I think it's a case of that. Um, we all know where we went wrong in that game and um, it doesn't overshadow the season that we had. It was a fantastic season from the group. Um, you know, if you asked us before a ball was kicked in 2023, uh, most had us missing the top eight. So, um, yeah, obviously signs of improvement throughout the season. Disappointing the way we finished, but, um, you know, encouraging signs moving forward. We're discussing big issues on the show every day, Renault. And today's big issue is rugby league. Should we have names on the jerseys <laughs> and and positional non non positional numbers? You know, would you have a problem with that going to a, a different numbering system, whatever you wanted, as well as your name? Um, I think we keep the same numbers as we got. I'd like to see the names on the back of the jerseys. Mm-hmm. I think England do it fantastic. They all get a squad number at the start of the year, and that's their number through the whole year. Okay. Um, obviously gives fans, fans a chance to go out and purchase their favourite players' jerseys and, um, you know, have that connection with the player. I think at the moment we sell jerseys and there's, they're pretty blank and uh, people go out and spend a bit of extra money to go and put the names and numbers on themselves. So, But if you happen to have a game off, you, for example, what what's next halfback wear, do you reckon? He gets a squad number at the start of the year, does he? Yeah, a bit like England, they do it. So everyone's um, designated a a number at the start of the year in the squad uh, based on purely what they think the team's going to be and how it's going to form. Some players come in late and get number, you know, 38 for an example. And yes. Wear that for the year. And um, I think it's a, it's a great thing. Obviously yeah. every year is a bit different and um, you never know what number you're going to get. So, um, you know, I, I believe there is value in having names on the back of the Jersey. Um, I've been a big fan of that obviously through watching representative football and um, hopefully it, it translates into the NRL. Yeah, good. yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, keep this. Yeah, that's, now it's there's a, a great idea. advantage for the spectator, the turnstile mm. turner, Paddy. Uh, originally, Renault, I sort of said, um, you know, you can't see the name on the field for, as a spectator, but you can buy their jersey, of course. Mm. It's really good. Yeah. Hey, we we know you've lost uh, Tom Flegler, Herbie Farnworth, uh, Kenneth Palacia. It, it, that's never easy. There's three of your starting seventeen from the from the GF. Yeah, it's obviously tough losing uh, the quality of players that we have, but gives opportunity to younger fellas to come through and showcase what they can do. Uh, you know, the last 12, 24 months, we've had a number of players debut for the club and uh, have gone on to, you know, become great players. Uh, Brendan Piacura comes to mind. He's a young fella taking mm. his opportunity and is growing and, and getting better. Uh, Xavier Willison, although he's had a few injuries, he's a, a big bopper front rower. Um, you know, he's, he's extremely fit gets through a mountain of work and, um, you know, he's, he's going to be a handy replacement man. And obviously you've got Dean Marino, who's a young outside back. Um, so, you know, there's quality through the, the, the Broncos system there and they've done a great job in, um, you know, developing those players into regular first graders. Hey, Adam, one thing I wanted to ask, what role will you play in, in trying to keep the young blokes like the Walters and the Mams, who are obviously going to get pay increases? Well, what role as the captain of the club do you play in sort of getting in their ear and saying, hey, this is the place to stay? Yeah, well, obviously you got to, um, you know, have a good culture at the club, a, a, a culture that players want to play for, and that means it might be a few less dollars than what you're, you're worth elsewhere. Um, you know, every club goes through it when you, you get a bit of success. Everyone's pay packet goes up a little bit, but um, if you create a great culture there and a, a, a tight bond between the boys, um, you know, the dollars don't really come into it 
Um, you know, it's important in, in aspects, but um, it's also important to have fun and enjoy your footy. Yeah, the money won't be terrible, that's for sure. But um, now, coming back to the golf, mate, what did you find about RQ? Uh, fairways, how how much run are they get? will they get, how hard are the greens? What, what was the challenge yesterday? Yeah, slopey greens. Uh, yes. I was talking to, to uh, Rob yesterday. He said that the greens were pretty slow for a um, tour standard, but... Uh, the slope was extremely difficult, so um, it's it's got a, a bit of saving there. Obviously, the fairways are pretty tight uh, with all the surrounding and the, the people watching. So um, it's a long course; it's extremely long mm. off the tips, and um, you know they hit the ball a mile though. So uh, it was just great to get out there and mix and rub shoulders with one of the one of the best in the game. Yeah, and you can understand him. How be, how strong is his accent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty strong. I've had I've had a bit of practice over the years. Obviously, firstly with the Burgess boys trying to understand yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then uh, Lee Bree is one of our assistant coaches of late, so he's he's um, a Welshman. So uh, I've had plenty of practice, and I think he probably had the best accent out of them all. He was probably the easiest to understand. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, just quickly, we've got one of our listeners, John from Barania Heights. I think might have a question for the Broncos. Skip, Johnny, are you there? Yeah, g'day, uh, Paddy. How you going, mate? Good, good. You got Adam on the line? Hey, Adam, how you going? Sad to see you leave South, but uh, that's history anyway, mate. Um, um, I've got a fellow I know, Jaden Hunt. He's come up from St. George. Uh, I used to work with him, and uh, I was just wondering how you think he's going to go this year with the with the Bronx. Yeah, I've, I heard he signed a, a few months ago or a couple of weeks ago. Um yeah, excited to get in there and work with him. He's a, he's a big boy. Moves pretty well from my understanding. And um, look, there's a lot of opportunity there for him at the club with, you know, a number of our players moving on. So um, I'm not too sure when he starts back. Uh, we start back uh, in a couple of weeks. So looking forward to getting in there and working with him and, um, you know, trying to get him an opportunity in 24. Mm. All right, Adam. Great, to, great to the channel. Please enjoyed yesterday. I mean, I've managed to play a couple. Hills has played a few programs as well. I always find for the amateurs, it's a fairly daunting prospect when you stand there alongside the pro, and there, there's also people following you around. Oh, as well. it's amazing how many people get hit on pro M days. Um, I'm saying, I'm thinking you're off 18, Reno, are you? Uh, the GA is 8.8 at the moment. Oh, no, that's fantastic, Probably mate. Not playing. So you're Probably not playing for it. Yeah, you're hard. That's you're hard to beat for good reasons. No burglaring there. Well done, mate. Very well done. All right, hey, Adam. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Rene. No worries. Thanks, boys. Enjoy the rest of the off season. The informed player, I reckon, from the heat at the moment. Minion mm. Dupree joining us. Minion, thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Now it has been a tough little, just a little stint the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, to be fair, we have actually played good cricket. I think um, it's not like we haven't been scoring lots of runs. We scored 170 the other night. It's just the Big Bash is a, such a strong composi- competition. And I think um, some of the other teams have not started the competition well and would do a good game. And apparently that was against us. So um, I think all in all, as a team, we still feel we're in a really good space. Um, uh, we've played really good and competitive cricket and, and imposed ourselves the way we wanted to. And it's now just... Um, we just needed to click, and unfortunately, we still got one game to go, and uh, our semi-final space is in our hands. It it certainly is, and and the biggest danger to the Brisbane Heat would be Hobart, I reckon. But you know, if they happen to beat the Strikers and the Renegades, they could get ahead of us on points 
if we don't yeah, win so, against the Thunder. Yeah, so, so that's basically, I think, the best the best case scenario for us is fate could be in our own hands. If we beat the Thunder in our final game in Adelaide, we've got it under control. We secure our spot. And I think that's the way we want to go about it. We don't want to rely on any other teams to do yeah. us any favours oh, or have to lose any games. It's so topsy-turvy. Sophia Dunkley's got her batting together and, and Sophie Devine's starting to fail. Do we, do we feel the Perth Scorchers might have peaked already? Yeah, see, that's, that's the nature of the game. Sometimes you always also don't want to go and win all the games. We've seen it in the World yeah. Cup with the, with the men. India men won every single game and then didn't win it when it mattered. So I think for us it's, it's about that balance. And um, like I said, I think throughout the competition, actually, other than the game, probably against the strikers where we had one really bad day at the office, we've actually been pretty consistent with the bat and the ball. And um, early on in the competition, I think we've let ourselves down in the field. But um, we've spoken about that. And I think the last couple of games, our energy and um, and our fielding has been a lot better. So um, we, we are getting all three departments together. So hopefully we are just speaking at the right time. Oh, good stuff. So now have we got the uh, Harris sisters as a team for this, Ooh, uh, this match? Is Laris coming in? Lawrence is back in the travelling party. We'll have to keep our fingers crossed to see whether um, if she's fit to make the playing eleven. I think there's still a, a couple of hoops she needs to jump through before everything, but she is um, part of our travelling party, so really excited to have her back with us. Now, Hills is he's a little more sinister. We're hearing it's a calf. Hills thinks it could be a little worse than a calf. Well, different to and- a calf. Um, as the last time I spoke to her, I was also just aware that it was a little calf niggle. Um, I think early in the competition, it, um, they, they did do, go through the fitness. I think after she's done the fitness test, it, um, it, she pulled up a little bit sore. So I think they're just being pretty um, pretty cautious and um, just making sure um, that when she plays, she's 100% and um, that she'll be pain-free. Yeah. Minion, how have you enjoyed playing for the Brisbane Heat? No, it's been fantastic. Really love my time over here. It's an awesome bunch of girls on and off the field. And um, love the city. There's so much to do. And um, we really loved my time around here. Since, so, your, since your very long international career, you started as a 17-year-old or something, and you played for 16 or 17 years for South Africa. What, what, what leagues are you involved in at the moment? The Big Bash being one. Where else are you having fun around the world? I played in the CPL, the Caribbean Premier League, just um, earlier this year, and also I'm still part of the Fairbreak Invitational. Um, so those are the competitions that I've had my eyes on or played in in the last year, and we'll see how the future pans out. But obviously, uh, the Big Bash is one of my favourites. I've been part of almost every edition other yes. than the second one, um, and it's such a fantastic competition, and they um, are still trendsetters when it comes to the standard of, of women's game globally. So I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's, it's every year you see that the competition just grows from strength to strength. So, and how are you feeling in time aside from that? So, how do you socialise in Brizzy? Um, well, I've been fortunate enough that um, Grace um, Harris has taken me under her wing, and, oh, no. and they've taken me. <laughs> <laughs> they've taken me to a couple of spots. We've been to Australia Zoo and. With some of the other girls, we had a, a learn to surf day at the beach. Um, and, and yesterday, we went to Dreamworld myself, Bess um, and Amelia, all the internationals, um, did a little road trip. to, to And then, obviously, there's some amazing shopping centers. Um, so we've been out in the since the weather has not been great the last couple of days with the rain being around. Um, we couldn't really spend time at the beach, so we made the most of it at all the, the, the malls instead. Uh, Minon, where, where do you emanate from in South Africa? Where, you know, are you, are you um, near the sea? 
Um, I've currently, I relocated in February, so we've moved to Cape Town now. So I'm in Malmesbury. Um, I'm about 30 minutes to the closest beach, which is probably Malkbos, and about 40 minutes from the West Coast. So um, in the beautiful part of the world now. Um, yes. So, and um, also pretty similar weather. I feel like um, we've got um, pretty similar climate, so excited to go back and um, enjoy a bit of sunshine when I get back there. So. Yeah, Cape Town is stunning. All right, well, let's hope you've got quite a few more games to go. Uh, we get into the finals yeah. and uh, you, we take this uh, improving form into the finals. Adelaide Oval tomorrow night. Good luck. Or tomorrow afternoon. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thank you very much. Have a great day.